0: You're listening to Women & Wealth WordPress, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of female empowerment and financial freedom through the wonderful world of web design. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Nikki. How are you?
1: I'm doing so good. I'm really excited <laughs> to talk to you.
0: So, Yeah. So just briefly, I actually just recently met Shannon at a Women of Web conference. and We chatted on a panel together. and We talked about AI and money and, yeah, a lot of stuff. And I, we were both like, we need to talk more. So um, I'm so happy to have you here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Can you just give us a rundown of who you are and what you do? Yeah,
1: so I am Shannon Mattern and I am the founder of the Web Designer Academy and we help ambitious women web designers create profitable, sustainable
0: web design businesses. Amazing. We are so aligned in that goal. I love that. (laughs) So I was looking at your website and there was one quote that stood out to me and it was overcharging and overdelivering or I help women stop undercharging and overdelivering. I love it so much because this is a trap that we all fall into, including myself, even recently, it's a hard one to break. So can you say what that means to you and why this is a common issue, especially amongst women in the web design industry?
1: Oh, yes. How much time do we have now? (laughs) So (laughs) undercharging, it's such a pervasive issue because we there's so many factors that go into it. It's like underestimating how much time something takes. It's feeling bad for Charging quote unquote that much for something that's so easy to you. It's thinking that you made a mistake and therefore shouldn't be able to charge more. There's so many facets of undercharging and there's not a specific dollar amount for it. There's no magic formula that's like, oh, if you're charging this, you're undercharging. It's how do you feel while you're doing this work? Are you feeling fulfilled? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling like it was worth it? Are you feeling sustained that your needs are met? Or are you feeling burnt out, resentful, dreading opening your inbox? Those are all signs that you're undercharging. And you can be undercharging without over-delivering, but over-delivering is kind of like that flip side. And and you can over-deliver without undercharging, right? It's this, I have to be available 24-7 to my clients. I have to do revision after revision to make sure that they're perfectly happy with everything I do. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I have to respond to emails within such and such time. It's like compulsive, people-pleasing. But there's lots of reasons that we do mm-hmm. it, right? We could be doing it to justify our high price. Maybe we're like, oh, i finally charging The highest price ever. And then this over delivering kicks into overdrive because you're trying to justify it. So it's a very multifaceted problem. And I think why I talk to my male colleagues who are web designers, web design business coaches, and their experience is very different. Mm. And I don't want to generalize, but in the conversation that I have had with male colleagues, what they say their client experience is not that. And I think that as women, we're trained from a very young age to be quiet and nice and make people happy around us and not rock the boat and not make waves. And we think that doing other things will be the opposite of all that. It's hard. Sometimes from the way that we're socialized or Mm -hmm. what my friend, Dr. Lee Cordell, who teaches about trauma and business, calls past painful experiences that maybe have nothing to do with business that are influencing how we're showing up in our business. And so, yeah, there's lots of layers to it. And every person maybe has a different combination of those things that's driving their undercharging and overdelivering.
0: I was nodding along. I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. And it is, it's layered. I feel like it's new level, new devil. You break through one thing and then something else comes along. And also I do think there's a fine line and this is where it's hard because you want to do a good job for people and you do want to just do that little bit extra because I think that is what leaves a project with a really positive feeling for the client and for you. You've done a great job and you know they're happy and they're going to refer you and all of these things. So I do think There's an aspect of a little bit of surprise and delight that I love to add to my projects, but it's like, where do you draw the line? How much is too much? And, like you say, if you find something easy, it is easy to just include that. But at the same time, we really need to get into our customers' mindsets. And a lot of the times they would actually expect to pay for that. They're not expecting you to do that for free. So it's, oh, it's such a hard one.
1: (laughs) I love what you said though about surprise and delight. You know, If it's over-delivering based on how you feel about it, are you excited to do it? Are you surprising and delighting them? Or are you like, I can't charge for this. I feel resentful. I feel like I'm not spending time with my family to do this because they expect it. What is driving that? That's the difference. It's not that you worked outside of your normal hours or that you went a little above and beyond or you did something extra. It's like, why did you do that? Did you do it to surprise and delight or did you do it because you're worried that they're going to leave you a bad review?
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And I also find I've seen this and I have also done it that A lot of the time when you do over-deliver, it's like you say, where you've made a mistake or you've actually let the process down somewhere on your end and you're doing it to make up for it. So I think potentially a part of that is actually mitigating that from the start and stopping that from happening in your own process, making sure you deliver things on time, making sure that your intake is so clear, that you have the things you need to get started so that you can deliver it on time. and working out how long things take you and all of these things. So it comes back to you as well. It's not just, yeah, it's taking a bit of responsibility, I think.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And I think back in the early days of my web design business, when I was just getting started and I was super burnout and super resentful and undercharging and over-delivering and wondering why my clients weren't cooperating. And then I was like, oh, I didn't. Lead them through this process. I expected them to just know. I expected them to know what was included and what wasn't included. I expected them to know when I was available to work and when I wasn't. And yeah, it was absolutely like, oh, I am in control of this. I created my business because I wanted freedom, flexibility, (laughs) financial independence, and I wanted to be in control of my time. But I didn't take control of any of it in the beginning. And then I realized, oh, I can do this and I can do it in a way that still feels good to me and authentic to me and makes me, I didn't want to turn into the, you know, absolutely not. No, we can't do that for you. I'm not working right now, etc. <laughs> I didn't want to be that. How can I run my business the way I want, feel the way I want to feel and have my clients get the results that I know that, that I'm here to help them get? And that was a journey and there was definitely a learning curve to that for sure.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a process and no end point. (laughs) Yes. And it is funny. In some ways, people can tell you things and you're like, yep, yep, yep. But you still have to experience it to cement that. And then you go, oh yeah, that was that thing that person said. You can learn from people and still make the mistakes. But then I think those alarm bells just come back at the time oh yeah that makes sense now sometimes you do just have to go through it unfortunately it's part of the ride this is a really big one and like you say, there's no right number but how do you determine the right price for your web design services or how do you recommend your students do that
1: yeah sustainability is one of the the key things that we're super serious about at the web designer academy and so when you are determining your price it's so important to look at your own personal financial needs first and like really having a handle on, okay, what is, we call it the minimum baseline revenue, but what do I need to pay myself to meet my financial obligations? And that could be my bare minimum financial obligations, or it could be comfortable or whatever that looks like, because I see so many people undercharging and then not paying themselves or not charging enough Mm -hmm. and not paying themselves. You are doing this because you want financial independence. So you have got to know what does financial independence look like for me? And, And we do it by month, right? What is your monthly personal budget? That is so unique to everyone. But knowing that number is so critical because if you're like, okay, well, I really need $5,000 a month to be comfortable. And then you're charging $1,000 for a website and you're not counting business expenses because nobody, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'll just, I need $5,000 a month. I just need five clients at $1,000. They're not thinking about all of the other things that you're investing in in your business, which we can talk about in a second. Oh, I need five clients a month. that's a lot of marketing, that's a lot of relationships, that's a lot of referrals, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of project management to create that $5,000. So knowing the one side of the equation is super important, that helps me decide, okay, how much time do I have? What do I want this to look like? When do I want to be working? When do I not want to be working? What does this picture of my life really look like? Can I be onboarding five clients every single month? Probably not.
0: This yeah. is out of balance. No.
1: So what do I need to, what's going to give? And I always say that your price should go up versus what you're paying yourself yep. going down. And that's how you get that baseline. And does that mean that you're going to go out tomorrow and 5x your price? No. But now you know where the gap is. Some people do. Actually, I shouldn't say no. Some people are like, thank you for giving me permission. I'm going to go do that now. <laughs> but other people are like, Okay. Amazing. That number scares me. Yeah. yeah. Some people just do it. Other people are like, that number scares me. And then we get to peel back the layers of why. Do you have a skill gap? Do you yeah. need to go take Nikki's course and backfill your WordPress knowledge or go learn, go do Squarespace better or whatever? Do you have, or do we have some mind trash that we need to clean up about your beliefs about yourself and your confidence? Is it a little bit of both? I don't know, but we need to figure out yeah. like, why do numbers that other people easily charge scare you and work our way into that.
0: Yeah. How can we fix it? And then I think as well, some of the money stuff, the fear thing is such a big thing. But I always say to my students in my course, set your number and a number that Makes you a little bit anxious, not scared, but you need to be a little bit uncomfortable because that's how you grow. If you're like, Oh, yeah, this is a good number, it's not a good number. Yes, just put it up a little bit more. And I'm telling you, you'll book a client. The funny thing about pricing that I find is that the money literally doesn't matter. And I've seen this time and time again, and even for myself. Actually, I'm gonna revise that because I would say if the number is too low, it matters. That will make me not choose you. However, if it's I I just really find that when someone wants to work with you, if you have set up your funnel in a great way, if you've done your marketing right, if you figured out who your target audience is, what their problem is and what you're so like how you're solving it, by the time they talk to you, you could say any number and they would nod their head and say yes, when can we start? And yeah, that that's a journey to get to that as well. I just love talking about money. <laughs> I'm so happy I to have you here. do
1: too. Yeah. So I think all of those pieces are key. And if your money mindset has you believing that we mentioned this on the podcast interview you just did with me, if your money mindset has you believe you're harming people by accepting money from them because it's leaving their bank account and coming into yours and now they have less and you have more that's going to affect your marketing, your funnel, your website, all of the pieces that you just talked about. And so I love that you said, oh, if you're good with your number, we need to stretch you a little bit because that's stretching your belief in yourself. That's stretching your belief in what's possible. It's shining a light on what you really think, what you're really scared of, because if you're holding yourself back in your pricing, you're probably holding yourself back in your marketing. And how you're putting yourself out there, because that same fear is a thread that goes through all of those other things. You're going to figure it out in one spot along the way. And once you solve it, it'll solve for all of the places along the way.
0: Yeah, totally. I would love to talk about this mindset thing. I'm always really interested in the practical how. Can you share a bit about your money mindset journey and? how you've got to where you are and what have you actually done to work on it and change it. I'm really interested in this. Oh my gosh, so many things.
1: You shared on my podcast about your early journey growing up and my situation was similar. I had parents who divorced when I was 10, stayed with my mom. She worked and barely scraped by to provide for us. And I always remember for anything, it was, we can't afford that. We don't have enough money. I was always told, you're really smart. If you want to go to college, you're going to need to figure out how to pay for that. I love that you want to get a job, but I can't get you there and back. So you get to figure that out. And so I always grew up with this. There's never enough. We don't have enough. We could run out of at any minute bankruptcy, food assistance, like all of those things. And on the other hand, you can work for money and figure out all of it along the way. And so I did. And I was very driven by that because the day I turned 16, I got my first job and I was starting to make money. And I'm like, I have freedom now. (laughs) On the flip side Mm -hmm. of that, though, is if I think money is freedom, I think no money is trapped and no control. The worst thing that could happen to you. So that kind of got programmed into my brain in a way that was not helpful really going forward into my entrepreneur journey. What we talk about in the Web Designer Academy is that there's like really three pricing paradigms that we've identified. There's expense mindset, which is how I grew up, how I thought for the first 35 years of my life, where you think money can run out that if you spend it, it's gone forever. If you accept it from someone else, they have less and you have more and that there's like a finite amount of it and you just can't trust it and all of those things. So we call that the expense mindset. And then on the other end of the spectrum is the investment mindset where you're like, there's always more money on the way. I'm not spending this. I am just handing it over to you to hold on to for a minute. And I'm coming back for it and more. That's how I think. When I have, whenever mm. I invest in a program or a course or coaching, I'm like, oh hey, here, just hold on to this twenty thousand dollars for me. I'm coming back for it and five times more. That's how I think about it. But that took—I
0: love what that. we call
1: like working your way. <laughs> uh, so I I have to remind myself of that sometimes too, because to get there, I had to work my way through what I call the hybrid mindset, which is okay, I recognize I have a lot of fear around money. I think it can run out. I'm noticing all of these thoughts. What I want to think is every dollar I spend is coming back to me and more. And there's always more on the way. And I'm not taking money from clients. I'm helping them make more money. All of these thoughts, but I don't believe that. I don't really, I want to mm-hmm. think that way, but I don't. And that's the hybrid mindset where you're starting to deconstruct the expense mindset. It's really true. Do I want to think this way and starting to build some bridging stepping stone thoughts? Like there is always more money on the way. I know how to make money. I know that I can go talk to every single client that I've had till I can get one to say yes to a project. I know how to make money. Going from everything's out of my control and it could run out at any time to I believe in my ability to be in control of this. And what does that look like? And I always have agency and I can create this to full on investment mindset. This is just how I operate. And so for me, yeah, it was a lot of journaling. It was a lot of paying attention to my thoughts. It was a lot of reading books about money mindset, deciding, do I want to keep thinking like this? How would it feel if I believed something different? And I operated at an investment mindset for a very long time. <laughs> and then I realized things can happen in your life that knock you back into uh, your old pricing paradigms. And you do have to realize it's happening and intentionally work your way back out. So I love meeting people that are like, I just grew up with an investment mindset. I'm awesome. Tell me everything that you think about money. Because I want to write all of that down. And if it doesn't align for me, I want to figure out why. And what am I thinking that's not serving me? Or what am I believing that might not be true? Why is it true for you? If it's true for you, why can't it be true for me? And I put a ton of intentional thought into that. And I think it's super, super important work because that's what's going to help you not only charge more, but there's something that just happens when you understand your value and hold it the people you work with they end up getting better results too it has a ripple effect that's really quite incredible
0: yeah yes i love that so much as he was talking i was thinking have you read that book happy money by ken honda
1: i literally just reserved it from my library app like <laughs> two days ago it's Swe- so how crazy is that yes so I'll report back phase, to you.
0: One of the things he talks about is he went to this party and someone said to him, can I look at your wallet? And they looked in his wallet and they're like, oh yeah, this is good. This is all happy money. And he was like, what? And that kind of started him on his trajectory. But basically the thing is that you should give and receive money happily and money has an energy attached to it. And when you can do that, just, it's just a ripple compounding, snowballing effect. And so I highly recommend you read the book. Anyone who's listening, I highly recommend it. I'll pop a link to it in the show notes. But it's just a beautiful concept. And it's the thing of giving money away because you know it's coming back to you and giving freely and generously. And I've adopted some principles in my life. Like every time I pay myself, I make a donation to a charity of my choice. And I tend to gravitate to women and children's charities. And then also in terms of paying invoices, I get my invoices and I pay them early and I typically pay like I round them up so if it's like 19.6 or whatever I'll just do like $20 or if it's bigger one I'll round to the nearest 50 or the 100 I just do that because I pay for things that I'm grateful for the service that I get and I buy things I'm really intentional now I've come to a place where I'm really intentional into what I spend my money on what I hire I spend money on fixing issues in my life like hiring a cleaner so that I don't have to clean and I recently hired, this is, comes back to it. And this is that thing of you invest and you see it and then you believe it. And then you're like, okay, I hired a copywriter at the start of the year to rewrite all of my Women Wealth emails. And she wrote me like 10 email nurture funnel and my launch funnel. And I have them set up and come am in launch right now. And I haven't done one social post and it's just from like, there's other things that come into it, like me doing my social media, me doing my podcast, all of these things. But Just having that nurture funnel set up and that launch funnel set up and I ran it last round and I set them all up on the fly and this time all I had to do was press play and I've got 12 students in my course and so that equates to about $37,000. It's hard to land on the number because some people add level one and some people pay it off and all of these things. That money that I spent on her had come back to me in spades both times that I've launched this course and it's true. It's you invest, you do the right thing you spend money on the people who know what they're doing and they deliver great work or who can teach you and help you level up and it will come back to you there's money is energy and one thing I say is money is energy and I'm in the flow and another thing I'm doing a course at the moment and she gave us this meditation exercise and she was like look outside of the tree look at how many branches are on the tree now look at how many leaves are on the tree now think about how many ants live on that tree and how many birds and how many insects and all of these things. And then now turn your head to the left. How many trees can you see? I I just took the bird's piece. For some reason, I just stuck on the bird's piece. And now every time when I'm walking and I see a bird, I'm like, oh, that's money. And I look around and I see another bird. And then I see a flock of birds. Every time I have this moment of awareness of it, I'm like, there's money, there's money, there's money. This is a reminder to me of if this is how many birds there are, this is how much money there is. And you just need to tap into it. So, yeah, that's one exercise I've been doing that I really loved. I
1: love that. That is beautiful. I was just thinking I could look out my window and see blades of grass and it's just, Mm. they're infinite. If every single one of those was a dollar, how could you ever run out?
0: Yeah. And that's the case in the world. There are billionaires and a billion dollars is an unfathomable amount of money when you actually look at it. I think it's a thousand millions or something. It's just insane. So, Get on the right trajectory. Absolutely. I love it. I would love to hear from you. about What role do you think community or mentorship play in helping women charge what they're
1: worth? Oh, my gosh. I was such a lone wolf when I first started my business. I was just get out of my way. I don't need help. I got this. I'm going to figure it out on my own how my mom raised me to be, right? Super independent. Don't need anybody make my own money. I'm not going to rely on anybody else. I can only depend on me. I'm smart. I can figure it out. And you can figure out a lot of things that way, but you can also burn yourself into the ground that way and overwork, underchart, all of these things. Because if it's all on you, then any mistakes you make, all on you. There's just so much that if it's all on you, (laughs) you just can't possibly have every experience. You can't possibly know everything. There's so many different perspectives that you're missing out on that I was missing out on when I was just going it alone and just doing everything on my own. And so for me, I can remember starting my I had another podcast when I was just working with teaching people how to DIY their site and everything not in the web design space. And I remember this girl, her name's Brie. She's still one of my really good friends. She came on the show, and then at the end, she was, "Can I ask you a question?" And I was like, "Sure." She goes, "Do you like have any friends?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I have tons of friends." And she, she's, "No, no, no, business friends." And I was like, "No." She was like, "I'm doing this retreat in Austin, Texas, and I live in the Midwest." And she's, "Do you want to just come for a weekend with me and eight other girls, and we're just gonna mastermind?" And I was like. Okay. So I bought a ticket and I went and I was like, what have I been doing the past five years trying to do yeah. this on my own? It was magical. I couldn't believe. Of course, I have friends and a social life and stuff. They don't have business experience. They don't know what I'm going through. They care about me. They see it, but they don't understand that this group of girls just, it changed everything. And after that, I really started to seek out community in my own business. And I think it is a critical part of any mentorship that you're doing. And having a mentor is a critical part of growing a business because you just open yourself, just like what I was talking about earlier about thoughts and beliefs and perspectives. You're going to open yourself up to just one conversation could just click in you in a way that you were like, right. that just totally changed the tra- trajectory of everything. And you just don't get that when you're trying to do it all on your own or even self-study courses. I think they're great for upskilling, but there's a key component of connection missing, I think, when you try to do that stuff all on your own.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's so much to resonate with it. But yeah, some of my best friends I've met business I'm currently going through a high level group mastermind and first session I had some hard truths from them and they were like okay what are your goals what do you want to do okay but why okay but why and then what are this what are you doing about it one of the women said to me your current goals do not align with your current actions and I was like fuck I thought I had it figured out and sometimes this is the thing with. Other people, they hold up a mirror or they reflect back to you. I think what you already know sometimes subconsciously or you're already feeling, but it sometimes it takes someone else to pull that out of you. And uh, I just, from there, I literally transformed my business because I thought I just wanted to work on my own and I just wanted to plod along and do my thing. And they so, were no, what are you doing? You need to hire someone. And so I hired someone. I actually very promptly fired them and now I've hired three people. <laughs> so yeah, it's just changed. So that's from a mastermind and I actually am so excited this weekend. I'm going away with a few of my best friends and we're having a weekend and I have put it in the calendar and in invite as hustle hard rest harder and so I'm like this is gonna be our annual hustle hard rest harder retreat and we've got three nights I was like we're having three nights yeah we're actually in a like beautiful resort on the beach in Byron Bay and we're going to swim and read and work and eat food and nap and hang out and have talk just women female friendships are the best thing in the world I am so grateful yes I love all of that that you just said (laughs) that
1: sounds magical and when you were saying that i was thinking when people hold up a mirror to you i remember i was in a mastermind with some i had never met anybody locally to where i live in business all of my everything was online nobody was here and i remember i finally made some connections with some women in my city and we met up and we were all just going around the room talking and Talking about, like, here's how much I made this year. Here's my goal for next year. And I remember saying, I just don't even know if that goal is worth it. I was just so burnt out at that point. I was, I don't even know if I want that. I don't even know if I want a business that big. And this girl looked at me and she goes, Excuse me. She goes, You've outgrown your daydream. And I was, What did you just say to me? She was like, You started your business for these things. Now you have all of those things. You need a new daydream. And I was oh, oh, you're right. I didn't know what the problem was. I'm like, oh, I have accomplished everything I want to. More money is lovely, but at what cost? I couldn't figure out why I would go for it when I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And I didn't have the mission was missing, the other things was, were missing, and I had to fill yeah. that gap and then could go for it. I would have never figured, I maybe I would have figured it out, but how long would I have been plugging along without somebody caring enough about me to say that to me?
0: Yeah, and feeling uninspired and drained. It always comes back to your why, and coming home to yourself and feeling like, hey, what do I want next? And It might be to contract or it might be to take a step back. And these are all, there's so many valid pathways to do. And at different times, there will be different things. There's so much value in a good community. So, yeah, can you share from your own experience some of the success stories or transformations you've witnessed within your web designer academy and those connections that are being built?
1: There are so many. The ones that come to mind are the women who built their business for this freedom, flexibility, and financial independence. But like me, they trapped themselves. They got to this point where they're like, wait. I thought I was supposed to be having freedom and working less and spending more time with my kids. And one of our students, Lee, she had a newborn son at the time that she heard about us and was considering joining. She just Left her corporate job and trying to make it on her own through Upwork. And she was doing well, but she was just struggling really hard to break free of the whole Upwork game. And so she came (laughs) to work with us. And one of the first things that we did was go through and audit all of her clients. And I'm like, okay, make a list of all of them. And I want you to make a list in order of biggest pain in the butt to client you love the most. And there's this whole analysis of what are you charging? How do you feel about what you're charging? What do you want to be charging? And we made this whole list. And then it's, okay, now you're going to go through one by one and let them know that you either have a new offer for them or you're raising their price or whatever the pain point is with this specific client. We're going to solve it through getting them into a package or raising the price or whatever. And you're going to take it case by case. And just by doing that, she doubled her revenue without even getting any new clients and she's been in our program for three years and she's just hired her first actual full-time employee and she's expanded her services and she (laughs) just got back from Italy and she's I didn't take my laptop I didn't even care I didn't even think about it and uh, this is why this is why she really embodies so many of our people where it's just like she just didn't think coming from her corporate background or what she was seeing people willing to pay on Upwork that she could charge more and just needed someone to show her the way. And then she's game push. on. She, yeah.
0: yeah. The most rewarding thing, and you've probably been through this, you can have these revenue goals and you can hit them and you, you have that moment of, oh. I had a recent message from a student in the course and she'd been practicing VibDev for ages, years, and she just messaged me and she's like, I just need to thank you because I've just hit 10K recurring revenue with my hosting and maintenance within a year of implementing what I've taught her. And so that now is 10K that will grow. That's only within a guess. So next year it might be 20K, but that is a recurring income. It happens year on year and it grows year on year. And I'm like, yeah. That story sticks with me more than the number I made last month or whatever Yay. it is. Yeah, it's amazing. We get, to, <laughs> we're very lucky about jobs. It's, we get to do what we do.
1: This is interesting because we both love to talk about money and that's one of the big drivers for a lot of the strategies inside of our program. And I think it's important. And we talk about profitable, sustainable, but also your time and your emotional bandwidth or capacity are such important pieces of your web design business. And if you're making five-figure months, but you are miserable, that's not okay. And so that's something that we work with our clients on too, is you can be coming in making bank. And if you're working 80 hours a week, we get to fix that. And what are the levers that we pull to do that as well? And so, yeah, it's just, that's the most important thing is that you have the life that you want to live. What does that look like? And how do we restructure your business to get you there? Whether that's more money, more time, more capacity, more of all three. How do we do that?
0: Yeah. And it's so possible. You can. You can (laughs) have it. So I'd love to know from you, when you can fix that problem of undercharging, how does it contribute to the overall sustainability and growth of a web design business in the long term?
1: You need less clients. I think that's the most obvious answer is that when you are charging enough, you don't need to serve as many clients to do that. If you really desire to serve a lot of people in a certain area, you can once you have covered your main expenses or your minimum baseline revenue with less clients, less work for you, then you have more time to go do things like create the course or maybe design some scalable offer, the templates or something or many other creative endeavors that people want to do. Because a lot of times I see that web design for our students is almost like the sneaky back door to the thing that they really want to be doing. When yeah. you were on my podcast, you were like, oh, I love web design, but I also really love to teach. And it's when you are charging enough for your one-on-one, the stuff that is the most time intensive, you free up Time to do those other things that are going to have a bigger impact and reach more and really fulfill you at that level. Or if that's not your thing and you're just like, no, I really just don't want to work that much and make a lot of money. So I can go do all these other things. Having less clients allows you to do that. So, yeah, that's the most obvious.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I always say a low value client, like a thousand dollar project, is more headspace than a seven thousand dollar project. And you literally only have the mental capacity and bandwidth for a few projects at one time. I think really four is my knack. I can't do more than that. And that is even with my processes nailed, my template built, my base website set up, all of that stuff because it's a project management that takes the time. So yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think when people are looking at getting less clients, that's a scary thing for them. But then you have to reframe it into that. If you put your prices up, you don't need to market so much. You don't need to have as many discovery calls. You don't need to put so much time into getting so many projects. You just need one. That one will pay for the five that you used to need to hustle for. That makes it so much more achievable while also giving you so much flexibility. And I feel like we're really lucky in this industry that we can charge because it's tech and it's scary. And it is so high value in terms of when you do it well, they get more clients they get more money there's so much that goes into making it a high value product but that means that we get to charge a premium for our time we really do and i don't think that there's many industries that you can do that without a qualification i have clients who are physios and i charge more money than them and how long did it take them to get that degree and to get to where they are we are so privileged in this industry <laughs>
1: yeah when you have less clients you get to give them more of you And that's another benefit to the client too, that they get your full, you're not stretched thin, you're not burnt out, you're not operating at 50% when you're working on their project. They're making this investment and you're able to show up at the level that they really deserve. And I think that that's part of it too.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay, so I always love to leave on action steps. I'm really big on this. What are some key kind of tips that you can... Give to people to go and take right after this podcast to stop undercharging and over-delivering.
1: Yeah, I would invite people to do that same process that I led our client Lee through. If you, if you know you're undercharging and over-delivering because we talked about that and you know if you're doing it, Yeah. make a list of your clients and rank them because the piece of this is that when you raise your prices... You do have to be willing for them to walk away. And I always like to start with the ones that I'd be okay if they were no thanks. I'm going to go find someone else. I like to start there and work my way up and build my confidence along the way. So I would say make that list, figure out what you want to do and how you want to attack that price change, that shift. Is it you've been charging hourly and you need to get them on a maintenance package or whatever that looks like? There's lots of different things that that could look like. And then reach out to them one by one to let them know, hey, effective, this date, this is what this looks like. Here's the new price. Obviously, you can say, I so value our relationship. I would love to continue working with you. Here's what that looks like going forward. And just move through that process. And I know that it can feel scary and you feel like, oh, I'm going to lose everybody. But business owners raise their prices all the time. Your clients, Raise their prices. And it is absolutely something that you can do. And the other thing is, once you make this list, maybe you're not ready to actually take action on the raising the prices, but notice all the reasons why you think you can't. Write them all down and then Mm -hmm. decide Is this true? Do I want to keep believing this? Do I need some mentorship? Do I need to go talk to someone? Do I need a community to? help me stop thinking this so that I move on yeah. and actually take action
0: yeah just take steps hey always just keep going keep doing the thing and we all go through times where it feels scary and hard and overwhelming and you just do it and then afterwards you're like oh that wasn't so hard yeah just, just go yeah. just
1: go raise your price just go change the price on your website by like 500 bucks and see if anybody yeah
0: probably
1: yeah probably not exactly.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Can you just share how people can connect with you and find out more about your Web Designer Academy and yeah, improve their journey towards profitable web design? Yeah, you can go to
1: webdesigneracademy.com. There you can learn all about our program, our podcast, the Profitable Web Designer Podcast is linked up there as well. We're on Instagram at Designer and at Shannon L. Mattern. And I will be fully transparent. I'm horrible at Instagram like (laughs) as keeping up with dms and stuff so i'm kind of old school if you would love to reach out to me shannon at webdesigneracademy.com i check my email i respond to it you can connect with me there and i'd be happy to chat with you
0: amazing thank you so much yeah well i really loved our chat and our times thanks for joining me thank you so
1: much for having me this was amazing
0: if you love what i do here let's connect I tend to hang out on Instagram and you can find me at Seedling Digital and at Woman Wealth WordPress. You can head to womanwealthwordpress.com forward forward slash freebie to download my free Embrace Your Dream Life workbook. This guide is over 10 pages of actionable information and worksheets designed to help you build a profitable and fulfilling business in three steps. Get clear on your why, improve your money mindset, and hone in on your messaging. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a rating and a review It truly means the world to me and I read every message and kind word. Till next time, aim big.